Hello and welcome to the Wondermongers, where we talk about the strange and freakish things in our slice of the world. I'm Christina. And I'm Quincy. Let's wonder, monger. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Watering Hole. Today's topic is the Is It All Woman. You will be receiving this episode in two parts. Here is part one. Hello, Christina. Hi. <laughs> How are you today? Oh, I'm doing fine. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Surprisingly better than I was earlier today. Oh, yeah? Oh, crap. I gotta think about what <laughs> your question was. That was a great... Yes, Christina. Enlighten us. Mother bear. What, All is, right. what is your metaphor for how you exist in friends of your friends' lives? Or, like, people you don't really know? Like, like you know. You know what I'm saying, right? I think so. Like, what? what is your metaphor for exist for in being in the orbit of your friends of your friends i'm an npc that's a good one thanks that that is that's a really good one actually (laughs) but like sometimes you get clicked on yeah yeah sometimes people want to talk to me to see what i have to say but then they're like wow that was kind of a waste of my time and then they walk away waste time at all oh thanks so much so i made a podcast with you yay (laughs) but like you don't you don't you're not a friend of a friend no this is true yeah so what am i christina define our relationship right now oh jesus h (laughs) howard christ (laughs) howard (laughs) howard be thy name is that what it is (laughs) correct Um, we are friends. Great. That's it. That's all I got for you. Uh, they are really going at it, the pilots. This is not Top Gun. I don't think we can say that. <laughs> I don't, I think those are helicopters, not planes. Are, is, are, would it be a helicopter pilot or do they have another term? They're still pilots. Oh, yeah. okay. Why did I think they had another better term for that? Uh, I don't, I don't know. As far as I know, they're just helicopter pilots. Alrighty, heli pilots it is. Neat. So, um, this well, is a watering hole. Yay! Lead me to it. Make me drink. <clears throat> okay, I'll do my best. <laughs> um, I have chosen the topic of a mystery. We love a mystery. And I picked the Isdal woman. I've heard of her. In what context? I watched... A BuzzFeed Unsolved. I knew it. I knew it. As I was doing my research, I saw it and I was like, this bitch already knows. Of the Isdal woman. Uh-huh. Um, but it's been a minute. Uh-huh. So, like, I recognize her name. Mm-hmm. I recognize the photo of her body. Mm-hmm. Which is horrible for me to say. I feel like that... I, mm. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, like, in both I, context. Yeah. And something about that nose is familiar to me. <laughs> in in the sketches of her, they all have the same... Like, that feels familiar to me. Okay. In my brain somewhere. Do you, do you not remember anything else? Wasn't she lit on fire? She was. Okay. And, like, was it her stuff that was... Fa- like, found up on the cliff, all, like, folded up nice? Or was that the... Not quite. Okay. Like, there is 
kind of an element, but not like that, really. Okay. I might be thinking of the Somerton Man. Mm. Perhaps. We can talk about him a whole other time. Yeah. That, that, one's, that one's a trip. I, I know nothing about this man. Okay. Great. So tell me about the install woman. Okay. <clears throat> so in northern Norway, just shy of the border of Sweden, is a valley called Isdalen. Um, it's literally called the Valley of Ice. It's a super tricky landscape to cross, and if you aren't careful enough, you're gonna end up a statistic. Um, Serious mountain accidents are not uncommon, and due to that fact and its history involving suicides in medieval times, and hikers falling to their deaths in the area due to fog in the 60s, locals have actually given the same valley another name. I'm gonna mispronounce this. Dodsdalen, I believe, is how you pronounce it. But in English, it's called the Valley of Death. Hmm. One death in particular ended up shaking Norway and is still a huge major topic of discussion today. This was back in the 70s. And I know I just talked about how dangerous this place was, or is technically, but I guess it wasn't too dangerous for these two young girls and their father. Mm. They went on a little stroll, a little hikey hike, <laughs> on the morning of Sunday, November 29th of 20, uh, sorry, not 20, 1970, in, um, you know, the Valley of Death. So, um, this is not like an outing my grandfather would have brought my brother and I on. This wasn't like a no. stroll or like a little hike. I would never suggest that you have a picnic basket. No. Okay. So, it's, it's like... They've even described it later as, like, an area that people would normally not go. Mm. Like, it's a very strange place for anyone to be walking in. So it's it's wild that they actually found her. But basically, they had <clears throat> no issues with the terrain, except for the fact that they found a burnt body. Which oh. you can probably guess is the Isdalen woman, or Isdal woman, depending on who you are. Um, So she's... She was uh, burned, mostly undressed, but she did have some stuff, like, on her when she was burned. Okay. Her front was really badly burnt, but her back was really fine, to be honest. It was kind of untouched by the flames. Her face was unrecognizable. Um, She was laying, like, amongst a bunch of giant rocks. Um, and she was in the boxer position, which is kind of typical of burn victims. Yes. Um, and the, the boxer, it, it lo- literally looks like their arms are out like they're boxing. So if you needed some sort of a visual here. Um, she had a couple of different items on her person. And that would be the clothes that she was wearing. They had their labels removed. And she had other items on her as well while the burning was happening. But some were just laying around her. Like, they were placed there. Oh my god, is this the lady with, like, the suitcase full of... Like, she had a bunch of stuff, but all the labels were removed. And she had, like, like face cream and stuff in there. And, yep. like... Oh, okay. Okay, this is... It's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> um, some people said that, like, the stuff that was laying around her kind of looked ritualistic. And I'm not sure what oh, a watch, a ring, a burnt matchbox, a plastic cover, which was probably for a passport, an almost empty bottle of cluster liquor, and two metal melted sorry bottles of water qualify as ritualistic, but all right. Live your life, I guess. Ick. What? 
Anything can be ritualistic, I guess, with the right intention. Okay. But I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Like, it just seems like an odd mishmash of things to say, wow, looks like a ritual. That's fair. But it, then again, it was the 70s. And I guess that, that that term, like the ritual, has been used to explain things that historians just don't understand for That's how fair. long. That's fair. So. You make a fair point. Anyway, she had a bunch of stuff around her that was placed, but she also had stuff on her person that, you know, most of it was affected by the fire. Mm-hmm. Now, the police had actually found two suitcases abandoned at the Bergen train station. Okay. And they ended up being linked to the mysterious woman. Right. One of one of the items inside was a pair of prescription-free eyeglasses. Prescription-free? Yes. So, like, had, like, costume glasses? Yes. Okay. They were basically useless. Um, and they had a fingerprint on the lens. And, of course, it turned out to be hers. So that's how they were able to link her with the items in question. Um, The other items inside of the suitcases, they were not more unusual, but kind of on the same wavelength of prescription for ad classes. (laughs) Like, kind of weird. Great. Um, You had more clothing with the tags cut out. So it's looking like she cut out all the tags. Mm -hmm. Um, A comb... Uh, a hairbrush, cosmetics, teaspoons, eczema cream that had the, you know, prescription also wiped clean, um, two wigs, and a notepad. Now, the notepad contained coded information that baffled the police at first. Okay. And it was eventually deciphered as a travel log. Oh, things are coming back. It's all just, like, trickling in. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to state it right now. Spoiler alert. I might be going with spy on this one. Okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. Um, now, while all this was kind of strange, um, what was even more strange was the fact that with all of this information, you would think that they would want to keep going and keep investigating mm-hmm. and try and figure out what's going on. No. The head investigator, Oscar Horns, announced that the case was closed on December 22nd of 1970. Uh, That was only three weeks after the body was actually found, and he denied the accusations that she could be a spy, saying there was no evidence of it, and he was also asked if it was murder. He insisted that it was a suicide and nothing further. Oh, that's... (laughs) You feel strongly. What a horrifically painful way to commit suicide. Exactly. It seems extra. It seems unnecessary. It doesn't seem like like what a normal individual would think. Wow, let me light myself on fire. And that's the way I decide to go out. Because it sounds so painful. Yeah. So... I like with this with the knowledge that we like we've talked about with cremations mm-hmm. before, and I I looked it up to make sure it was right. Um, the optimum temperature to cremate a person is fourteen hundred to eighteen hundred degrees Fahrenheit, and that has to be held for some usually about an hour. 
Yeah. And so if you're trying to commit suicide this way, like, how, like, it, like it's not, get, one, it's not going to get that hot. Right, yeah. Like, a, the average fire just does not get that hot. Yeah, you, you can't, you can't recreate cremation in an external area. Like, you need it enclosed. Well, you at can, the very least. you can, like, open pyre cremation, but that takes hours, sometimes days, and mm. some you have to have people there stalking the fire. Oh, okay. And have it, it's prolonged. Right. Um, like, they do open pyre cremation in Creston, Colorado, mm-hmm. but it's very, very different from what this looks like. Yeah. So I just... The, fa- the suicide thing just doesn't pan out to me. Right. Like, if, if you're trying to make it to where no one finds you, yeah. Yeah, but then what, why, if no you don't want anybody to find you, why set up all your things? Okay, keep, keep going. Keep going. Horns decided three weeks was enough. Right. Now, um, other police officers that were working with the case... They also felt like the actual investigation itself had been suppressed by a higher authority and the whole thing kind of left a really bad taste in their mouths and they felt like something just wasn't finished. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't just one officer or one investigator that thought that. It was basically the whole department that was working on it. They all talked to their kids who ended up talking to reporters or they talked to the reporters mm-hmm. themselves like it was a general consensus this is above my pay grade and they're letting me know right. that i can't talk about it anymore which boy, well, weird mm-hmm. you know completely yeah. weird um because it's some random woman yeah she's not even from norway okay yeah so it's weird that he closed the case. It's weird that they felt suppressed, but it's also strange that he closed this case before the toxicology and autopsy reports had even been completed. Yeah, that's that's fucked. That's something's not right there. Exactly. So eventually they were both available a week after the holidays were over. And according to both the documents, 50 to 70 feminine brand sleeping pills from England had been found in her stomach that's so many yep that makes that that is a viable suicide right it could be like that makes sense right but if that happened you don't have time like you wouldn't be lighting yourself on fire if you were gonna or maybe you would if i guess it just depends on how long it takes yeah for that to that's a lot of yeah that's excessive for sure and I don't think a normal person would say, let me down all these pills and then go for a little stroll. Yeah, no. Seems a little strange to me, but what do I know? Uh, not all of those pills that I talked about had mm-hmm. actually been absorbed into her bloodstream. Yeah, I believe that. At the time of death, the sleeping pills would have, like, that entered the bloodstream would have definitely made her woozy. Possibly have knocked her out, but it would not have killed her quite yet. Mm-hmm. The last 12 tablets that hadn't yet dissolved definitely would have been fatal, and she would have ended up dead anyway. Okay. Regardless on if there was a fire or not. Now, they also found soot particles found in her respiratory tract. So she was alive. She was alive while the fire was happening. Yucky. I hate that. Yep. 
So there was that. Uh, the autopsy itself also showed that she had an unexplained bruise on the right side of her neck, which could have been due to a blow or a fall. Could be nothing, could be something un- unknown. Um, she showed no signs of being ill, pregnant, or ever birthing a child. Uh, the official cause of death was likely a combination of poisoning from the pills themselves and carbon monoxide poisoning from the fire. And I would assume also, you know, the shock and stress of being lit on fire seems a little... Yeah, that doesn't really help. Yeah, that's another layer. Uh, But in my research, I found that some people say that there was no accelerant found around her, and others saying they found petrol around her. Okay. And the way that they describe it makes it seem like there was, like, a container of petrol. Mm, Okay. But I never, I only found it in one source. I didn't find it in others. So I'm not entirely sure if they found a container of petrol, like, around her body or further from her body, or if they're just referring to the ground under her being soaked in petrol. That one, for sure, was something that I found Mm -hmm. in an article. So I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Unfortunately. Either way, with an accelerant, that's not going to get hot enough to cremate the body. No, no, but... Or burn long enough, for that matter. Right. But if there was no container of petrol on site... Mm, they somebody had to have taken it with them. Exactly. And I don't okay. think some random passerby is going to be like, mm, burnt body. I'm going to take Guess this I, petrol. Right. You're not going to use it. Right, exactly. So there, it sounds to me like there's a third party involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like it. Yep. Uh, after finding the body, they were able to piece together a sketch from the info they had. Mm-hmm. They sent it out to hotels in the area, figured out where she had been traveling, and it was a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly. Um, she had also been using a few different names while at these hotels. Uh, the following were names that she used, or at least the ones we know about. Genevieve Lancier, Claudia Tilt, Claudia Nielsen, Alexia Zarn Marchez, Marquez. Uh, Vera Jarl, Fenella Lorch, and Elizabeth Lienhofer. So, kind of strange names. Not Jane, not Jill. Mm-hmm. They're kind of out there. Got a double Claudia. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of weird, too. She also did use Ms. Lienhofer, like Elizabeth mm-hmm. Lienhofer. But I don't know if that was just a you know, Ms., or if it actually was mm. referring to, like, a shorthand of a name that of some sense. sort okay. she went with. I'm not sure. So there's that. She could be actually closer to the name Claudia than anything, or maybe not. Yeah. So uh, they figured out which places she had been thanks to the handwriting expert that they got on scene. Um, of all the names and identities that she had used... They all only had one thing in common. Her alleged origin was listed as Belgium. Okay. Nothing else was the same except for the fact that she was female. Okay. So that was kind of weird. She did write uh, out her check-in information in German. um, And when eyewitnesses spoke about her, they claimed that she spoke broken English, German, and Flemish. Which is basically a combo. So... 
What what's a combo? Like Flemish just means English and German as oh. a combo. Like like Spanglish. Oh I always yep, that's I thought not what so I, anyway. I thought it was um French and English, Flemish. You know what? You got the Google machine. Oh, Double yeah, check I me, because I thought that it was German and English together, where it was like broken English, but also broken German. Flemish related to Flanders, it's people in the language. That doesn't help. Flanders? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Flanders, the Dutch language as spoken in Flanders, one of two official languages of Belgium. So we're both wrong. Flemish, Flemish is an honest to goodness language. Oh, well, my bad. (laughs) everybody I knew from, like, that area of the world spoke Dutch. Right. So I guess I never really... Right. But, so she's got that going for her. And when they looked into all of her identities, because, you know, we got to flesh out everything just to be on the safe side. They came up short with all of them, of course, being faked. Mm Mm-hmm. So... We got nothing. We got nothing that's sticking, really. Um, Experts, later on, they said that they think that she went to school and learned to write in uh, France Mm -hmm. or in French-speaking parts of Belgium, maybe Switzerland. And it was just based on... Huh? They speak French in Switzerland? I did not know that. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're, no, no, you're giving you're me a whole other lesson here that's not about the Estelle woman, but <laughs> about the world. <laughs> um, it, it really came down to, because like I said, she wrote all of her check-in information in German. Right. But when she wrote the stuff, she used a lot of French-isms. Mm. Like, they tended to, um, when they signed their names, they would do one like big letter mm-hmm. for their first name so let's say it was claudia so it's a, a giant big c, c but that c would end up underlining the rest of her name oh okay so it was stuff like that or they would throw two lines on a t instead of it just being one down one cross it would be one down two crosses oh i like that right so it would be stuff like that that was just generally what french speaking individuals did when they wrote. Pop off, France. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so they think that that's, that's something that was a part of her upbringing. That okay. just couldn't get away from her, regardless on what was going on. Um, now, this woman was about five foot, four and a half inches tall. So she was little. She was little, but like probably average for the time. Like, in the area, I guess, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, she had brown eyes, medium dark hair. She appeared to be between 25 and 40 years old, though. That is such a range. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but experts do think that she was actually closer to 40 than 25. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, her teeth, my dude. Her teeth were different. Um, she had 14 of her teeth filled and several gold, gold crowns. Um, and that really wasn't typical of someone her age. Um, I don't care how badly she abused her teeth. That just wasn't normal. Um, okay. It also wasn't really commonplace in dentistry in Norway to provide that kind of a service, so she had to have done it elsewhere. And she had to have some money if they're gold. Exactly. Um, 
And since she's traveling around a lot, she kept that money for sure. So mm-hmm. she she had she had finances to a degree. Um, now, <laughs> um, once the case was reopened in 2016, and mm-hmm. they did reopen it, they found her jaw. Yeah, like her jawbone. Uh, no, no, her jaw, her entire jaw. It was removed because it. Think about it, 1970s. Uh-huh. You're an investigator. You only have a certain amount of information that is useful to you, mm-hmm. technology-wise. Teeth aren't it. They're weird, sure, and you could talk about it, but what but are you going to do? you're not doing dental records. Right. Oh. Yeah. So. so but why, if, even if you're not using them, why would you remove the jawbone? I'll, I'll, I mean... Why would you remove your personal Jeremy Allen White? <laughs> I'm assuming it was brittle enough to where it just kind of popped off. I don't know. I could be wrong. And was it? Where'd they find it, Christina? <laughs> well, like I said, they found it, right? Where? <laughs> kind of a weird thing, right? Um, I swear to God. A professor in dentistry had actually kept the jaw, so it wasn't even in police custody. This professor was super interested because it was so different than anything he had seen in Norway. So he kept the jaw, hoping that other experts would actually recognize the work. And he probably never found out because he ended up dying before anything mattered, really. Um, So when he died, it was thought that the jaw had been thrown away. Because it started smelling. <laughs> okay. What a weird thing. As, yes. As a person who's into oddities, uh-huh. I can't fault this man. <laughs> like, I don't know how he got a hold of it. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I can't, I can't say that, like, I can't say that's too weird. <laughs> like, as a oddities person. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that's fine. Okay. That's fine with me. Okay. Like, all of the oddities that you currently have possession of or have been interested in, have they ever been human? Technically, yeah. I have human oddity. Okay. Is it a whole jaw? No, it's teeth. Oh, okay. Well, that's... Are they yours? Yes. Okay. Well, that's different. And also, I think I have... (laughs) I think I have my brothers somewhere. Oh, okay. Okay, that's way less weird than I thought it was going to go. I have a friend. What? I have a friend Uh who has agreed in their, like, will situation Mm -hmm. that I get some of their teeth. Do they collect teeth? They do. You want your friend's teeth? Oh, I'd be down. Live it, dude. That's that is not my life. Enjoy your your teeth. I will when you finally get them. I I, I genuinely I can't fault this man, this dentist. Okay, I'm I'm happy for you, and I'm happy for this this dentist man, except for the fact that he's gone. R.I.P. Um, jaw man. <laughs> and that concludes part one of the Isdal woman. This will be a two part series. We will see you back next week for part two.